This podcast is brought to you by Australia's LGBTQIA community media organisation, Joy. Keep Joy on air by becoming a member, a subscriber or donate. Head to joy.org.au. Joy, a diverse sound for a diverse community. Hi, this is Marsha Hines and you're listening to Generation Next on Joy 94.9. Welcome back to Generation Next. You're here with Maddie and Eleanor, and we it was a bit, a bit less spoopy this time around. Yeah, a but bit less spoopy. We are still in the spoopy mode. Look, honestly, Eurovision is spoopy enough for all of us. Also, just before we get into this, how did everyone handle storms last night? Oh yeah, um, it's funny. All my friends started posting and saying, "Oh my god, it's a storm!" And I woke up and I'm like, "I, I didn't go to bed yet." <laughs> But yeah, it was pretty intense. Yeah, I had about the same, like 2am, just suddenly massive crack of thunder. <laughs> if you have any stories, and if you had trouble getting to work today because of public transport, 0427 JOY949 or on air at joy.org.au, we want to hear from you guys. Or at GN or at GNJOY949 on Twitter. Hashtag Generation Next. Absolutely. And just, just remember everyone... We are we are a pair of dyadic people. That means not intersex. So if if you have anything to add to our conversation, feel free to join us on those lines as we head into our segment on the inter- intersex awareness day, which so, was yesterday. That was yesterday, indeed, and it's actually um, it comes on this the same day that the very first demonstration by intersex people in North America was held. That's uh, that was back in 1996. And um, they protested outside the American Association of Pediatricians, which was, I think, a really admirable effort. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Yeah. So um, that's so it's marking that that special date. Yeah. To go into some definitions, um, if someone is intersex, that means when when they're born, they you look uh, when you, normally when you're born, the doctor will look between your legs and say, okay, that's a penis, it's a boy, or that's a vagina, it's a girl. But for People who are born intersex, there's a bit more, you know, it's a yeah. bit more blurred. A lot of the time, um, the, it's ambi- one of the one yeah. of the particular, yeah, it's ambiguous. So one of them, one of one of the cases can be, for example, in genitalia, there can be some ambiguity there, where you go, is that is that is that a, is that a clitoris or a penis? I don't know. Or is that is that long enough to be a vagina? There's a lot of variation that can actually naturally happen. There's yeah. also there's also hormonal variation. So some people might have different levels of hormones to the uh, to the to most of the population or some people are less sensitive to particular hormones and, and there's also genetic variation so who knows what it, what a given person's chromosomes are absolutely almost almost no one ever finds out i actually have i am xy i uh, the process is called karyotyping and it's pretty standard for before they put you on hormones just to make sure that you react appropriately um, yeah. So, but most people never get that checked, and there's a whole lot. There's a whole host of alternatives from the regular XX and XY variations. Yeah, because typically someone assigned female at birth will have XX chromosomes, and someone assigned male at birth will have XY. But absolutely not always. Not always, definitely not. So, um, just for those of you who know, the the, the range of statistics are between 0.05 percent and 1.7 percent. But more more towards the higher range of births are in some way uh, intersex because it's it's not often talked yeah. about. Yeah, exactly, and a lot of people don't realize just how common it really is. Um, the <sighs> the inter- the international intersex organization that's OII um, they state that intersex is about as common as red hair, so it's really not that rare. Yeah, and people to- uh, people don't ever talk about it. Is the thing people don't yeah. tend to talk about. And also because one thing we're going to talk about is that if an infant is born intersex, a parent will often say, you know what, let's assign them one gender or the other 
and ha- and surgically intervene on a newborn. Actually, and a lot of the time, it's not the parents don't aren't aware of the issues, and the doctor says, "Well, we've noticed some ambiguity. Would you like us to air, strong air quotes correct that?" Because that's just something that's been ingrained in our culture for so long. And it's, again, like we said, it's something that doesn't get talked about. And the parents will likely go, oh, yeah, let, let's go in there and change that without really thinking about what's best for the child. Because if the phrase correct is used, par- uh, new parents will be thinking, oh, there's a, there's a problem. There's a problem. We have to fix it. And of course not. It's just p- people are people and some people are born a little bit different than others. And that makes them that doesn't make them any, any less yeah. or, or different or wrong. Absolutely. And that's And that's something that... I think Intersex Awareness Day seeks to change, at least partly. Yeah. Um, just quickly, in terms of terminology, mm. um, you do hear the word hermaphrodite used a bit. Yeah, that's don't, not, don't that, call intersex people hermaphrodites. That's, that's, not that's, a really, word, that's not a word you use about that's humans. That's offensive. In, biologically, that's not the case. And it's also used as, you know, to attack people. Yeah. Intersex is the generally the preferred terminology. Yeah. Um, um, unless you're talking about snails. <laughs> snails are indeed hermaphrodites. And a bunch of other animals, but that's a completely different topic. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I was actually watching Embarrassing Bodies because it's sort of a guilty pleasure um, not long ago. And they actually did a really good job of showing an, inter- an intersex Despite person. Despite the title, Embarrassing. I know. But yeah, interesting. Um, like uh, someone who was being broadcast on international television who had been assigned, like was born intersex. Her parents made the choice, okay, we're going to raise this child as male and surgically intervened at birth. And, you know, she reached her teenage years. She reached like four or five and was like, no, I'm a girl. Like, stop calling me a boy. Yeah. And started, you know, living fairly typical trans narrative because that decision had been made for her before she was old enough to make it herself. Yeah, exactly. Funnily enough, the comments on YouTube weren't terrible. Oh, that's amazing. That's incredibly rare. (laughs) It's actually, it's interesting what a lot of people don't, think about is they often lay they often lump intersex people in with transgender and gender diversity but those are very different things actually yeah um intersex people may or may not identify with the because they at least at at the moment they pretty much always get assigned either male or female at birth unfortunately it's it's just the way we're we operate as a society at the moment um most people will identify in the sex that they're raised again like the general population but you can't just you can't label that as definitely the case. And again, and uh, uh, something that OII brings up is that it's it's a bit questionable to also to refer to them as cis as well or cisgender, um, because a lot of the time people will have had medical treatment to impose sex characteristics, which means that there is definitely a bit. Oh, of, definitely. Yeah, of wiggle room there. And um, I was looking at, not long ago, something put out by the Department of Health. uh, Decision-making principles for the care of infants, children and adolescents with intersex conditions. I got handed a copy of this a couple of years, a year or two ago, um, and found it kind of fascinating. Mm. um, And it has a big list of the principles and things like that. And it's fairly recent, too. uh, Last year. Yeah. So I got it just after it came out, actually, I remember. Mm. Um, one thing that I love is like the ethical considerations, ethical principles. This is so you're a new parent, your child has been born, your infant has ambiguous genitalia and cannot be assigned a sex at that time. Um, the ethical principles. First one, minimise the physical risk to the child. Yeah. Like that is Im- just that's, imperative. That's the main focus, which is absolutely, yeah, that's definitely. Like, you don't want to anaesthetise a newborn. Yeah, that's really not a great idea. 
you know, not to mention the physical procedure and mm. how it will affect them throughout their life. Even an anaesthetic is pretty bad for a newborn. Yeah. Uh, second one, minimise the psychosocial risk to the child. Yep. So, and they do put it, the risk of assigning the wrong sex of rearing means that, meaning that if a child is assigned, say, female at birth and has, you know, surgical intervention, they grow up identifying as male you know what, you've just messed them up a bit right there. Well, yeah, that that'll, that means that they'll grow up as trans. And, I mean, I'm going to be honest here. If, if, if you can raise someone as the gender they closely identify with right from birth, that's always going to be a favourable outcome. Yeah. Um, preserve the potential for fertility. Yep. So throughout their life, you yep. know, you don't want to be removing... That option. That, you know, yeah, definitely. Yeah, just There's the a, option is the important You're saying, you know, I think those are yeah. testicles, or th- but we want to assign the child as female. Don't remove them. That might be their potential for, yeah. fer- for fertility yeah. gone. Yeah. Um, next up, preserve or increase capacity to have satisfying sexual relations. And I actually, looking at that, I mean, I can understand where they're coming from. That is a very touchy topic because th- the topic can really imply that to be... To have satisfying sexual relations, you should have the expected, air quotes, genitalia and the, and conform to that binary. And I think that that's a, a little bit of a dangerous topic to start banding about in society because um, I know as a transgender girl that having ge- uh, genitalia that people don't expect can be um, a social problem because people are, just aren't open to those ideas. But at, at the same time, like, it's who I am. That It's a part of me. And, and I'm not going to shut that down and completely ignore it, you know, stick my head in the sand. Yeah. So, th- I mean, that that's possibly one area that we could look at yeah, changing as, or improving as a society. One thing that's done, like, we were talking about how, like, the clitoris and the penis are pretty much the same structure. It's just that in, you know, in an Eastern dom- dominant yeah. system, it will grow differently to in a testosterone dominant system. Yeah. And if it's decided that an intersex child with, you know, a uh, something that might be a clitoris or a penis, and they will, like, remove part of it to be close to the typical size of a clitoris, that's removing a hell of a lot yeah, of nerve endings yeah. right there. Yeah. And if people, for example, don't have an, a vaginal tunnel that's the same length as what's expected, they can actually be forced to use what is essentially a medical dildo to... Yeah, dilators. To, to dilators, exactly, to, to increase that. And that's just that's a really invasive procedure. And I'm like, well, yeah. that's really not good. Um, one of the, the most important options, like ethical considerations that they mention, is to leave options yeah. open for the future. So that's that's definitely seeing that we you know we're we're making a little bit of progress. Idea, or at least hopeful. I hope so. Like they do the, they do mention in the previous point that um, decisions about an infant's sexual functioning should be informed by principle of sexual diversity. That includes quote on a non heteronormative basis. So like that it. looks a little bit promising. Yeah, definitely. But again, it's it's a case of intersex people have had these decisions taken away from them for so long. And that's yeah. just really not okay. And the last two considerations they mentioned are the parents' wishes and the child's and the child's views. In cases when they're not an, an infant, yeah. Yeah. So one thing that I do find to be really important, um, like if I was to have a child, which I doubt that I will ever do, and if that child was born with ambiguous genitalia, one of the suggestions that comes from this publication is. Uh, they do recommend that a gender be assigned to the child, but not so. Sur- but no surgical treatment happens. Yeah. Gender as- assignment just comes with you know name and 
style and yeah. things like that and be open to the possibility that that is not how the kid will identify when they yeah. grow up so that that uh, so look that these are these are solid ideas and just re- just remember like there's actually a large proportion of people that um are, are at least in some way intersex and again it, we're focusing on be a good ally be nice and be and just be tolerant of people and not just tolerant as in I'll deal with it. Be tolerant as in be open-minded and listen to their experience. And Absolutely. That's, that's really the key message here. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I think that's what we try to get across. Just, yeah. you know, be good to people. Yeah. It's a golden rule. You know, yeah. treat others the way you'd want to be treated and you wouldn't want to have people going, you've got yeah. what? Got what? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I mean as fun, that, that sounds a little bit comical, but seriously, don't. Don't, let, don't ask people about their genitalia. That's really not your business. Just don't. If someone's genitalia is only your business if you're about to do something with yeah. it with their consent. Exactly. So just remember, everyone, chip in 0427-JOY-949, email at onair at joy.org.au. Tweet, tweet, hashtag Generation Next. Yeah. And we did have someone saying Catherine McGregor was on a Q&A was astounding last week. Oh, Absolutely. Love yeah. her. And, oh, yeah, I can't imagine who must have sent sent this in when we were talking about the storm and getting in, uh, getting into work and things. Got stuck on the Eastern Freeway on the 906 bus for one and a half hours oh, and, dro- and got yelled at by the driver. Hi, Mitchell. Oh. Can't think of anyone else who knows as much about public transport as you do. I didn't put that together, but very true. <laughs> we'll be back with Gay School after this. See you soon. Thanks for listening to another Joy podcast brought to you by Australia's LGBTQIA plus community media organisation, Joy. Help keep Joy on air. Head to joy.org.au. Joy, a diverse sound for a diverse community.